The Dad Presents, Episode 23, Larry Sharp. It all starts right now. Wants to kill puppies. What are you doing? All right, dad heads, we got a good treat for you today. We got uh, Larry Sharp. He ran for governor in New York. He might be up to other campaigns, we hope. And you're really going to like this guy. Larry, how's it going? It is going well. Now they have to like me because of what you just said. Yeah, well, they're going to like you. Our, our audience is going to love you. Now. All right, fine. All right, so um, we're a parenting show, so I want to start off with some parenting type of political things, and then we'll work around a, the whole platform, right? People ask me about parenting all the time, and I tell them parenting is actually one of the easiest jobs in the world if you can accept two things as true. And this is okay. very important, two things that was true. They're very hard to accept. Number one, your kids are not now and never will be you. Wow, is that hard to accept? But yes, if you get that, that's the first one. The second one is you cannot protect or control your kids. True. I agree with both those things 100%. Accept both of those things in your heart and as a parent, it's very hard to accept those two things as being true. It's hard to. It is. But if you do, parenting becomes easy. Parenting becomes just being a good role model. Yeah, be a good role model. Let them them make some mistakes. Try to guide them a little bit, but they're going to be who they are. And kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. That's right. That's true. That's why, that's why one, one of the things I hate most in parenting is the expression, do as I say, not as I do. It's terrible. It doesn't work. <laughs> yes. And, and it, as a kid, I used to get mad when I would hear that. Yes. Yeah. Why do we do it? Because I said so. Right. Because I said Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Because yeah. I said so. All right. So um, I wanted to ask you, you know, we're concerned here about education. We all have kids. Sure. Um, the educational system out here in California, it's a, it's a sticky mess. Um, you've got some really revolutionary ideas on education. Sure. I love your idea about uh, ending high school by grade 10, yep. getting rid of standardized testing, yep. um, and getting rid of some federal money and obligations with that federal money. Yes. People, people, is, hear, people hear that last one, they get a little scared. Sure. Tell them, tell them why they should not be scared, but be excited about something like that. Yeah, here, here's what you should remember. The problem is we have been taking this education idea as being the cure-all, the panacea for decades, and it's not. It hasn't been a, a, a cure-all literally for decades. And if you have a kid who's in, say, his or her 20s, as an example, they're an example of that. They have twenty dollars to $200,000 in debt. Their degree is not worth the papers written on. They're struggling to survive. They're unhappy. And now they're even in more debt. There have been study after study after study that has shown that colleges are not doing their jobs anymore and haven't for years. And the answer we have is, let's give them more college or Mm -hmm. let's make it free. Look, you don't have to be an economics major to know that if you keep giving things away for free, there's no value. The reason why college was so valuable is because very few people had a college degree. There was a time in our country when a high school diploma meant something because few people had one. Now, most people do, and many of them even have college. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a trend right now in smaller, more up-and-coming companies, particularly in marketing and tech, that if you actually have an advanced degree, that's a no-hire. They will literally not hire you. The thought process is, great, now you spent 10 years in college being told what to do. I don't need that. 
I need right. someone who will be more entrepreneurial, who will be more, uh, has show more initiative. There are so I could spend hours on this. I won't spend hours, but I just, mm-hmm. the concept of, uh, that we deal with is AI and technology is affecting our economy more than anything, more than immigrants, more than trade barriers, more than anything else you might want to consider. That's the most important thing. And we are still teaching people in a way that's the industrial revolution. We are in a post-industrial society. We have to have kids now who are able to work directly along with technology and to lead technology and to lead people, not to manage. AI manages better than humans do. AI manages resources. AI manages um, processes better than humans can. So every time we go up against it, we lose. We have to be able to guide it and guide others. That's leadership, communication, initiative, all those things that college are not being taught. So why do I say all these things? Because if we keep thinking we're going to throw it in the school to make them better, we're fooling ourselves. What I'm saying is I don't want centralized control of all the schools saying, if we check the right boxes, we've done our job. That's how it is now. You check boxes. And then we go, good luck. I instead want schools to be judged by their results. And the results are happy kids. Happy kids means kids who are doing what they want for their first career. The average kid today is going to have at least five careers, not five jobs, five careers. The average kid today is going to work into their 70s for one of two reasons. One, they're going to be healthy enough, generally speaking. And two, because they can, right? They're going to have a lifestyle issue. They're going to want to go to Florida twice a year, not once a year, whatever. So they're going to work. So that means five careers. Why in the world do we think having some kid spend 22 years waiting for that, you know, uh, of your life for that one career is the right answer? Start your career early, start your career young, start making decisions early. We have a series of kids. And if you have kids in this area, you know this. If you have kids, say, from 18 to 30 in that area, there's a thing called adulting. That shouldn't exist. Ridiculous. That shouldn't exist. Yes. Because they don't feel like they're adults. Why? People have decided that, well, because the government says at 18, you're an adult, you're magically an adult. That's not how it works. You become an adult because you are treated like one and you act like one. So the earlier you act like one, the earlier you're treated like one, the earlier you become an adult. Sure. Why do you think so many of kids in their 20s coming back home to mom and dad? Yeah, adulting, being an adult is not an age. It's being responsible, taking care of yourself and whatnot. You hit on a whole bunch of points there that I want to follow up on. So we're just kind of going one at a time. No, no, it's it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned free college and people hear that. And that that's awesome. You know, we all love free shit. I'm 45 years old. I just paid off my student loans last year. Yes. So, but I'm I'm of the belief, like, isn't the best way to handle the out of control costs on college not to give away free college and our tax money pays for it, but maybe to get the government out of the lending business so these prices come down to where they're affordable? Look, there, there are two places where you see pricing continue to go up and quality continue going down. Only two you can see consistently. Medical, education. Right. Why? Government's government directly in involved in both. Yeah. What banks love more than anything and ask any free bank government they, money. You got it. Oh yeah. my God, do they love yeah. that? They get up in the morning excited when they hear about that. They run to work. They are. They can't wait to get free government money. It's guaranteed. It's government. It's free. Amazing. Right. You give any business that, their prices shoot up every single hey, time. Yeah, I'm in the healthcare business, and uh, yeah. we we target our business to Medicare because it's the easiest money. It's the it's the most money. It's 
the best money. I mean, Absolutely. that's just logic. It's yeah. money. Yes. Right. That's right. That's right. Exactly correct. You pull that out, things change. How do I know that? Look at look in the case of education and look in the case of medical. In the case of medical, where can you see the most success? Where do you see it? In, in elective, um, non-essential services, LASIK eye care, cosmetic dentistry, um, uh, enhancements on your body, any of these types of things, you see tons of it. What's happening? Prices go down, quality goes up. Education, where is the government not involved? Well, the government's not involved, online. Online education is insanely good, yeah. right? Prices are almost zero. Quality is just getting better and better and better. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so look, I know people say, Free college is great. Here's what free college is actually doing. So you understand this as a parent. It is now making kids go to college because it's free. That is the wrong reason to go to college. They're also not picking colleges because that college is free. That is the wrong reason to pick a college. If you give someone something for free, how hard do they work? They don't. Not just that, now your kid who you love and care about and you want around good people in an awesome peer group is now going to go into a group of kids who are like, why'd you go to college? Because whatevs. <laughs> That's who you're around? Because yeah. whatevs? Because I didn't feel like getting a job? That's what's happening now. If you think I'm making it up, asking your kids in college. They will tell you this. Their peer group was filled with people who are going to college because whatevs. I right. didn't, you know, my, I, I could, but the, the government's paying for it. They think the government's paying for it. So they're going there. So now they spent four years in, in high school. And here's the worst part about college right now. The first year of college is 13th grade. Oh, hell yeah. You're just redoing all of high school. Yeah. Why? Because high school isn't preparing you for college. Mm-mm. So now you go to college. It'll take you at least six years as average six graduate college nowadays. So now you got a kid who's 24 years old, never had a job. And we wonder, I wonder why they have no work ethic. We set them up for that. That's the reason why, sure. right? They have no work ethic. Now, I have guys, and I traveled the state last year. As you know, I ran for governor last year. And I met a lot of entrepreneurs. And, them, and one, of the, one of the most important things they would say is, I will hire anybody with a work ethic. They didn't say with a college degree. They didn't say with experience. They said with a work ethic. That's what they're concerned about. I had one guy tell me this. This was his entire interview um, process. he tell them, show up at 8 o'clock. He opened the door at eight. If they were there, they're hired. <laughs> that is how that is how often people didn't show, right? Oh yeah, so, I, I have the same problem. I put ads out. I'll I'll have twenty interviews. I'll get about eight who actually come in for the interview. Yes, you know, absolutely. 50%. Yeah, I have a. So I have two I questions. Say, I got two questions about okay. what you were talking about. So, uh, you're you're mentioning online education. Now, I love yep. what guys like Jordan Peterson are doing out there. And there, there's other guys sure. who are just like taking their platform that they have at their university and putting it out there for everyone. I feel yep. like this is the natural conclusion of education. Like eventually it's just, that's going to, it's going to be out there for everybody. And that's how we're all getting educated. It can't, as this is, you see, it cannot because of one important issue, government funding. That's the reason. Colleges would have already gone that way if they weren't getting free money from from uh, the government. They would have gone that way, right? And think about this. What would happen? This is what people say all the time. If we got rid of uh, funding, all the colleges would go under. Stop. You're saying all those colleges go, well, no more government gandy loans. Pack it up, guys. That's not going to happen at all. As soon as that happens, what will happen? They will find a way to make money other ways. Most of that will be online. 
because it's cheaper, it's faster, it's just as effective, right? All those things, but not just that. Now as kids begin to pick and choose, they'll stop learning things that don't matter. They'll learn things that they want to learn. You will see that begin to happen, right? Here's yeah. reality, again, you're gonna be, you, your kid is gonna have at least five careers, which means they have to relearn their entire job at least four times. How's it gonna happen? They go back to college every single time? Odds are they won't, unless college is online, in which case they will. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They will then go back three and four and five times. Right? If, when colleges realize, here's a, look, I train for a living. That's what I do. Right? I'm a trainer. I teach leadership. I teach sales. I teach networking. I teach at three different colleges. I teach in companies. That's what I do. I teach in companies. I shouldn't have to. Why? I'm teaching people who all have college degrees. They should have learned this already. Right. They don't. So now people pay me. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy they paid me to do this, but they shouldn't. Colleges should be the training arms of our business community. That's what they should be. And once you get rid of government uh, money, they will become that. Why? It's the natural way of things. Well, right? we, don't we, even, have, we don't even learn like basic uh, life management skills in high school or college. I came out of college at, like you're saying, at 24. Yep. I had no idea what to do with the money I was getting. I had no idea. 100%. So I, I blew right through it. And I yep. had student loans that were close to $100,000. I, I thought at the time, yep. I gave up an athletic scholarship because I thought at the time, well, I'm going to get out. I'm going to make 80 grand a year. I'll pay back that 100000 in two years. How'd that work out? You know, Easy. I, yeah. Easy day. Right. Now, I want to I yes, take it back when, to something else you were yes. talking about. Um, you had brought up AI, right? So this is something a lot yep. of young people think about and parents with kids. It seems sure. inevitable that the job market is going to look a lot different in about 10 years once AI starts replacing a yes. lot of these jobs. Um, a popular idea that is picking up a lot of steam is a universal basic income. Now, I'm Ooh. guessing, I'm guessing, yeah, Ooh. I was going to say, I'm guessing you probably don't like that idea. So, what do you think the solution to the problem of the changing dynamic of the workforce is? Look, you, you are absolutely correct. You see it already. And the sad part is, we're in trouble in this country right now and people know it, right? They're scared. And it's polarizing us left, right, even stronger than ever. The right is looking for a strong man. The left is looking for socialism. And that's how it works. That happens in every country throughout the, when people, when groups of, when individuals are afraid, they make bad decisions. That's just human nature. But when groups of people are afraid, they beg for either strong man or socialism. Either way, it ends up in dictatorship. That's how it works, right? And that's what we're looking at right now. I'm trying to provide another option to stop that from happening. UBI is just another way of, of socialism. You are correct. Not only is AI going to be doing it, but also just kiosks in general. They're already looking at the, uh, the, the first fully automated factories. It's already beginning to happen already, right? You've seen that already. You're already seeing kiosks in McDonald's, in TGI Friday, you've seen the kiosk, CVS, Walgreens, uh, whatever those places are. You're right. seeing them everywhere. You're starting to see them everywhere. And they're prepping. They're prepping because people are going to ask. They're fighting very hard for the $15 or $20 an hour minimum wage. They're fighting for that. People say it's a great idea. $15 minimum wage. Great. The answer is all the big businesses, franchises, uh, chain stores, will replace all those workers with kiosks. They're already getting us accustomed to it. You go to self-checkout many places now, mm -hmm. a self-checkout line, that's just a kiosk. Right. So now they can get four, when they used to have four people, they have one person going, go there, go there, let me fix the computer. So that's already happening. The second thing is AI. People thought that, well, these machines only replace 
low-level jobs. That's all. And then I realized that, oh my God, there's now all of a sudden becoming layoffs in the finance sector. I live in New York City, big finance sector, right? They're losing their jobs too because AI does that better. AI just trades faster. AI just trades smarter. That's how most of the trading is done now. Yeah. Most of the trading is done now. Absolutely. You start to see all that stuff begin to happen. AI doing it very well. So what can we do? One is we can sit home, um, get UBI, as you're talking about. And for those of you who don't know, UBI is where every single American gets a check every month, no matter what. It's not just poor people or disabled people or whatever you might think. It's everybody. Yeah. Everybody gets a check. So why is that a bad idea? For X thousand dollars. Why Here's is that why. a bad idea? Sure. If you do that right now, what will happen? You give everybody 3,000 bucks a month. I'm making that number up, obviously, right? Whatever it will be. Three things going to be bad. In theory, what happens is now all welfare goes away, right? That's the theory. All welfare, food stamps goes away, disability goes away, everything goes away because everyone gets the flat $3,000 or whatever number they make per month, period. They just get that money. If you want to work to make more money, you get a job and you make more money on top of your 3,000 bucks a month if you want to, or you stay home and play video games. Up to you, doesn't matter, there's your, there's your money. What kind of message is that sending to our, to our families, to our kids? You see it right now with people who've been on welfare or public assistance for more than one generation. You have a situation where the vast majority of them don't think to ever become better. They just don't think to do it. Why? Their environment is, don't be better. The environment is government will take care of you. The environment is a check is coming. Don't worry about it. I don't want our kids thinking that. I don't want our families thinking that. Our innovation will go away. Our drive will go away. As a society, we're going to be destroyed. Not surely, just that. I mean, it surely a lot of people, people a lot of people, that'll affect them that way, but not everybody's going to be right. that way. You're right. You're right. There will be a group people. of people. There'll be a group of people who won't do that. You're right. I won't. I'll still work. Yeah. There'll be a group of people who won't. Here's the problem. The gap between good and uh, people who are doing well and people who aren't doing well, the have and have is, is already there and growing. You had UBI, it will skyrocket. Right. right. Then it will skyrocket. There'll be even less people who will try to get hard, do, try, try harder. The group of people who run everything will get smaller and smaller, and they're and they they will basically have more and more income. And all right. they'll do is sprinkle out stuff to the to the to the sheep. What happens when the sheep get in the way? Yeah, what, happens really. when, what happens to when I don't want to keep paying the sheep who provide no value to me and the oligarchs who run everything? They get rid of them. What kind of health care are you going to get? What kind of education are you going to get? In fact, why would you go to school? Why would you get educated? Why well, just put them all... If you're happy with you know that what? universal basic income, you wouldn't. Why would you? Exactly. But not just that. Me, because right, I'm one of the elites who now help the sheep. I want to keep the sheep happy. Why don't I just... You know what? Let me put them all in camps. They'll be happier in camps, right? You think I'm joking. I'm not joking, right? Well, why would I want to pay 4,000 bucks to 18 people when I can spend it to just 16 people? If a couple dies, so what? That begins the case. We're, everything will get bad, but, uh, but I'm not even done with that. The next thing, you well, don't think looking, that with the people at... that we have in charge, hold on one second, the people we have, yeah. we have in charge, you don't think that me as, I'm going to say, well, I'm a veteran, Steve, so I don't need 3,000 bucks. I need 3,500 because I have PTSD and there's a bunch of veterans who will vote for you. So I make an exception for veterans. They get 3,500. Well, if he gets 3,500, I have five kids. He only has two. I deserve 35,750. And then there's exemption and change and shift. And then all the, all the, uh, all the welfare that was supposed to end 
now goes on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it will not see any welfare. It will just be more welfare. And yeah, it, will, make, it will stop anything away. You make a good case for why it's bad. I mean, basically, it, it's socialism. And anytime we have that, it ends badly because the people who are controlling it can't really be trusted. So you make a good case for why, for why it's no good. But what's the alternative yep. answer? The answer is getting kids up and running at 16 years old. That's the answer. I pitch this all the time. It is the answer. How do we know this? At 16, kids are making tough decisions already. They're deciding whether they're going to do drugs or not, whether they're going to have girlfriends or boyfriends or not, whether they're going to have sex or not, what schools they're going to try to go to, whether they're going to work hard in school or not. They're making decisions already. They're doing this already. We should have kids at 16 deciding, what do you think you're going to start your first career? Do you think your first career is going to be in the military? Go to military academy. Do you think your first career is going to be in trades? Go to trade school. Do your first, your first um, uh, career is going to be in a business. Start a business now. Do you think your first career is going to be in academia? Go to go to a, a, a liberal arts college. He's going to be in, as a doctor. Go to medical school. Give a shot. Try now. But Larry, they're sixteen. They make mistakes. Right. That's Good. what you're going to hear. Make the mistake at sixteen, not at twenty-six. The cost of failure, the price of failure at 16 is nothing compared to the price of failure at 26. I agree. Nothing. I agree. But here's what you're going to run up against. Okay. So like just this last week, I brought up this idea to my wife that I want to start giving my kids a a pretty sizable allowance for doing in exchange for doing their chores. Now, my kids are only six and nine. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. No, I want them to learn how to, how to manage their money. I want them to become more responsible. Remember something. Socialism itself is not bad. It's forced socialism that's bad. Voluntary socialism is wonderful. We are socialist creatures. We give money to our churches, to our uh, community centers, our families. There's nothing wrong with voluntary socialism that you decide you want to give and help. And studies have been done this a million times. Giving money for chores within a household actually makes the kids do worse. Money by itself is a very poor motivator. Money with something is a very good motivator, right? You don't, you're with something. Your kids should do chores because they're part of your family. Your kids should do chores because they want to support you and the people around them who support them. Okay, so let me ask this. Let me me ask this. Do it. Now, hold on. If you want to do extra stuff, then you should pay them for whatever is considered extra, right? If you want to do that. But your kids should do this because they want to. You shouldn't support your kid because someone's paying you. You should support your kid because you want to support your kid. Okay, I feel what you're saying. That makes sense. But what, what we feel like is a lot of parents feel this way today is that kids have it so easy. Everything We give everything to them because we're doing better than our parents were yep. doing and the generation before that. So they don't really understand the value of things. They break their toys. They yes. just expect another one to come in, in place of that. So if yep. that idea is no good, how do, you, how do you get your kids to better understand the value of money and better appreciate sure. how good they have it? Yep. Yes, you can give your kid as a kid an allowance if you want to. Absolutely, of course you can. Look, I'm not making this up. You can do your own homework online. The studies have proven giving your kid as allowance to do chores does not work. There's, there's study upon study on it. You can just check it out. I didn't make that up. There's tons of data on that. You can give your kid an allowance, but the issue is if you give your kid an allowance, don't increase it or give them more once they broke the toy. If they broke the toy, say, great, the toy's broken. You're a new one. You get whatever dollars per month or per week or however you give your kid allowance. Once you save enough money, buy a new one. Right. That's, that's how they that's learn. That's the idea. Yeah. But they still do chores no matter what. The chores sure. are irrelevant. 
You've got to do chores. That doesn't matter whether I pay you 20 bucks a month or, or, or 20 bucks a day is irrelevant what I pay. Got it. So the make the is, money separate from chores. the chore. Got it. That's the allowance, Don't tie the allowance to the chore. Then, then that works. That makes sense. Exactly I understand right. what you're saying. I can get with and that. And then they start seeing, wait a minute, I broke the toy. The toy costs whatever, 15 bucks for my toy. I only make three bucks a week. Wow. Now what winds up happening? Your son or daughter goes, hey, pop, how can I make some more money? Oh, you want to make more money? Right. Sure. Okay. Because you want your toy faster. All right. Tell you what, I know your chores aren't washing the car, but go wash the car and I give you three more bucks. I like it. Now that begins to show them, right? Now they get it. Or even better, if you really want to teach them something, the neighbor's lawn hasn't been mowed. Why don't you and I go over there together and see if we can get them to give you five bucks to mow the neighbor's lawn? And the neighbor doesn't want to do it. Oh, whatever. I made it up, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I grew up in the South Bronx. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm making it up, right? Whatever. Yeah. Right. So, so, so somebody wash their car, whatever, watch their dog, insert thing here, whatever yeah. right thing in the world, right? Neighbor, yeah. neighbor, put your neighbor and go, do me a favor. Here's five bucks. If my kid watches your cat, will you give him five bucks? That works too. Now the kid also learns if I go out and provide value, I get dollars, right? But note what I'm doing. I'm not doing it per hour. This is a critical thing in today's world. Sadly, too many people think labor is what matters. Labor is going away as value. Value is what exactly, what results did you achieve? What value did you bring to organization? Well, I work for six hours. That's going away because computers will do it a whole lot faster than you. Machines are a whole lot faster than you. So your kid's got a machine is going to have trouble watching your cat, but a kid will do a good job. A kid will pet it, will give them the treats, kid will play with it, whatever. That's value a computer can't give. If I care about my cat or my dog, I'm a dog person, but whatever, people like cats. If if a kid does that, now he gets money. Yeah, I agree. So (laughs) that's my point. Now I have a daughter who's 14. So what I'm doing is my daughter does chores. I don't pay her for that. I have a daughter who's eight. But we do give her allowance. Of course, I give my daughter a lot of money often. But when she breaks something, she's paid for it. If she doesn't, I tie to her grades, right? I tie to her grades. Do a good job in grades, I'll give you some money, right? I'll do that. I'll tie to her grades also. I want her grades to be good because she cares. To be forward, I don't care about her grades at all. But she does. And that's all I care about. She cares, then I care. I care because she cares. Yeah. But not just that. I already have her. And she again, she's 14. I already have her with an Instagram page, putting up her artwork. I have her creating things already at 14, right? By the time she's 16, 17, she'll have figured out what works, what doesn't work, and she will already begin to have some of a portfolio on what she does for her artwork. Or she may decide she hates being an artist and she does something else. I don't mind, but I'm practicing what I preach. My kid's 14. I'm already working on this. Because here's what I know in the future for college. In the future for college, they're not just going to care about good grades. Lots of people have good grades. And the sad part is, in today's world, if you can afford tutors or stay at home and teach your kid, your kid can get good grades. It doesn't matter if your kid's smart or not, right? It doesn't matter. You can get good grades anyway. Colleges are beginning to figure this out. So they're looking for kids who are well-rounded, which means, what have you done? Right? I te- I've taught before at the graduate level of both Columbia and Yale. And in both cases, I ask the same question. You're, you're, in, you're, you're in your MBA program. What are you doing? And the guy will tell me, well, Larry, I'm studying. I tell him to his face, that's a bunch of crap. What else are you doing? Lots of people are studying now. That's not impressive. And whatever degree you got two years from now, useless. Yeah. When I, when I interview 7,000 people who did this, 
Yeah, when I interview people at my job, I don't I don't really even pay attention to their degree. I want to know like where have you worked? What have you done on your own? Yes. I want people who yes. who have accomplished some stuff other than going to school like everybody has. Now I want to if we exactly. can I want, I want to take it in a little bit of a different direction here. Um one thing we talk no, go about ahead, mind it, whatever you want. Yeah, one thing we talk about a lot here on the show is identity politics. Um my co-host, mm-hmm. he had to run to take care of his daughter. He's a black guy, I'm a white guy. We're both in mixed marriages. Um, I feel that identity politics is very destructive to America. It, it forces mm-hmm. people to choose a side. And when you're forcing people to choose yep. a side, you're putting people in opposition. Um, yes. And now, and now, you know, we, we're seeing that people are actually faking hate crimes because identity politics has gotten so out of control. You're biracial. Yes. You, you barely mention that you're biracial, which I love about you. You just run mm-hmm. on your platform. You stick to it. That's all I do. Yeah. How do we overcome identity politics and just get back to we're people? Let's figure out all this together. Identity politics really works well when it comes to fear. And the way you can see that most openly is in prison, right? Prison where people are afraid, where there's violence. Racism is the way the prisons run, right? Mm -hmm. So you find identity politics, whatever people are afraid and there is violence, particularly fear though, fear is them one thing, we fall back to tribalism. It's just human nature. The more afraid we are, the more tribalistic we become. And that tribe can be anything. It's simple to make it racial, but it isn't always. It can be religious. It can be where you come from. It can be ethnic background. Sexuality. It can be anything. It can be sexuality, anything. It can be anything. It can be I like or I hate Trump. It can be any of those things. But whatever tribe we decide, right? Whenever it's fear, we become tribal. You want to get rid of that? Get rid of the fear. That's the answer. The answer is be more confident and give people answers. Right now, as I mentioned, people are saying the answer is either strong man or the answer is socialism. Neither of those is the actual good answer. No. But I can't just go, strong man's bad, Trump evil, or socialism evil, this is bad. That's not going to work. If you like Trump or you like socialism, because I yell at you, it doesn't change your mind. I've got to give you another answer. Like I told you just now, I can't just go, school bad. It's not going to work. I've got to say, here's the answer. Let's change it where at 16, kids start making decisions. And then we start moving that way. Let's make it to where colleges start becoming the training arms of our business world. So that now when kids go to college, they learn what a company actually wants them to learn. Not what government says they should learn, checking a box. Mm-hmm. And now, so when you leave... If, if your company supports a college and a kid comes out of that college, you're going to know that kid has learned what your company wants them to learn. They have become the training arm of that organization. This I talk about giving actual answers. If we stop focusing on the method or the personality and instead focus on the outcome that we all want. Look, everyone who has children wants them to have a good education. That's a guarantee. You got kids. You want your kid to have a good education. That's it. If we focus on what is that good education and how do we get there, the tribalism will begin to break off. When it's just, I'm afraid. What are my kids going to do? I fall back into my tribe, whatever that tribe is. So what do I do? What what I I try to be the change that I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So we, we give tools to our children, give tools to people to succeed, and they don't need to be afraid. Identity politics goes away. That's essentially what you're saying. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, but the problem is identity politics is very valuable. 
It's valuable in many ways. Number one, um, if I make you afraid, you'll vote for me. You'll do it. I make you afraid, you vote for me. You see it all the time. I saw it in my own state, right? My state hates my governor and voted for him. Yeah. And they voted for him because they fear Trump, right? Yeah. In New York state, you're in California, right? New York state's a very blue state, right? So most people in New York state hate Trump. So yeah. our governor ran on, I'll fight Trump because he's going to kill us all. And my state said, yes, we fear Trump. We're going to vote for you. But ask the average New Yorker, do you like our governor? No, I hate him. Bad guy. Corrupt. Why'd you vote for him? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid of Trump. That's sure. the reason why they did it. Right? And the other side does That's it as well. You know, the, both 100%. sides are doing that. Yes. That's how they get most of their voters. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. but not just that. It's also money in the media. Right? Remember, the media, niche media is the future. That's how it's working now. People haven't realized that in many ways, but it's actually true. You have it right now, the dad podcast, right? That's so it's right. niche media. Niche media is the future. It's how it works, right? I don't need to have 300 million Americans watching my show. Like 10 million, I'm good. That's all I need. <laughs> so if I can find 10 million people who are in my niche, I'm rocking and rolling. That's right. And the more niche I am, the more valuable I am. So, you know, MSNBC and Fox can literally say, we are the, the media arms of the left and the right. We can, they can do it completely. And there's no repercussions. In fact, nope. there's just nope. extra money. That's right. It helps. So why wouldn't they do it? Yeah. So, yeah, talking about the, the parties, the two parties, um, the two-party system is basically one of the biggest failures of our democracy. Um, yes. They're, they're not very different. You know, when it comes to important things like war, uh, personal freedom, spending, imprisonment yep. of nonviolent citizens. They're the same. They're, they're not different at all. They bicker about exactly the, the other minutia. So, you, you know, you're a libertarian. I've, I've been an independent my I whole am. life, but I actually joined the Libertarian Party because of you. So it's the first time in my yes. adult life I've been in a party. How do we... I'm winning. Yeah. How do we, how do we build a third party that can actually compete Yes. And it's, it's what you saw me spend a lot of time doing, do, uh, doing during my campaign. And those of you who care, it's LarrySharp.com. That's Larry Sharp with an E. The E makes it special. So yes, those, those of you who are watching, I spend a lot of time actually coming up with policies, coming up with ideas, right? Anyone could just go, the system sucks. Anyone can do that. That's, that's not impressive. You, we have to do that because it does suck. But that's not, not going to make it happen. What's going to make it happen is here's another idea. Here's another real idea that, that shows you it's not about just, just good enough. Because I hear it all the time. Well, we have to at least do this, at least do that. How long are we going to at least? When are we going to stop at leasting? And instead, what's the future? What's actually going to happen? At what point do we as a nation stop voting for the same two parties that we've been voting for who've been doing nothing for us for decades? As you right. said, the left and the right have shifted control of, of power of our government back and forth for give or take 40 years, right? Back and forth, uh, president, Congress, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And all you can say for that time is bad, 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 bad. We've been in perpetual war. Remember this. The United States has not won a war in over 70 years, yet we've been at war for the past 70 years. Mm. Countries can't survive doing that. Empires can. Right. All empires, empires are always at war. Roman Empire, always at war, right? British Empire, always at war. Yeah, Empires are always at war. Yep. Countries aren't. Countries go to war and lose, they get hurt badly. Empires go to war and lose, whatevs, next one. Mm -hmm. So we do. The Brits lost tons of wars. We've lost tons of wars. 
And we just keep fighting. We don't stop. In fact, most of us don't even realize that we're at war because war is perpetual. Yeah. It's the book 1984 all over again. It's not even in the news cycle over. anymore. Rarely is it on the news. Everything's Trump, 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 racism, sexism, yeah. identity politics. Yeah. Meanwhile, so, we're bombing in Afghanistan, bombing in Syria, bombing yeah, in Yemen, awful. bombing in Iraq. No, no, whatever. We have people and we have we have troops in Mali. We have troops in Yemen. We have troops in Syria. We have troops in Afghanistan. Everywhere. Whatever. Troops everywhere. Yes, yeah. So the, libertari- the Libertarian Party is the only one saying, hey, maybe let's bring the troops home and, and stop this. Let's so when- bring the troops home. Let's stop putting people in jail for things that are not actual crimes. Let's stop trying to control everybody's life. Let's let let's let people be as conservative or as liberal as they want to be. Just let's not force our will on others. Right. There are lots of people who want to be liberal. Lots of people want to be conservative. So what? Let them. As long as they're not saying I have to be them, good luck. America was built on that. I'm not going to be able to get all the liberals to become conservative or the conservatives to become liberals. That's not going to happen. That's a fantasy. If I keep forcing that issue, I, I put the wedge in even deeper. I make it even harder because the problem we have right now is we talk about tolerance, but it isn't. It's embracing, right? The, the, average, the average liberal and the average conservative actually doesn't care in their own heart whether someone else is liberal or conservative, right? They just want to be, they want to be themselves, right? But the problem is as a movement, no, 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 you have to embrace me. That's, a, that's an American. I don't have to like who you are or like what you think. I have to not bother you. I have to not take away your rights. I have to not put you in prison. I have to not hurt you. Those things. I don't have to love and embrace you. No one should have to do that. Just don't bother people. You don't like them? You don't like them. So what? Who cares? And this is a libertarian movement and the only one that can be a third way. Any other way is I will impose my will upon you. You must agree that my way is the righteous way. And people aren't going to do that. That's why I think there's a lot of fighting infighting in the libertarian party is because it allows for people to have their own ideas rather than saying this is our platform and this is what you have to stick to. You know, and the, the Democrat well, the or Republican parties are tribes. Yeah, yep. if you don't, if you don't follow them lock and step for ninety nine percent of what they believe, you're ousted. They're 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 all over you. Correct. They're on on you on Twitter and and whatnot. So here here's yep. my question: um, We need a viable third party. I, I feel like the Libertarian Party is the one to make it happen. So how do you answer people when when they're talking about the next election and someone's talking about voting Libertarian and then everybody says, "Why would you waste your vote like that?" How do you answer that? Yeah. Oh, how's your voting been working for you recently? So I would say, look, if you're doing well in this country right now, if you're like, I'm happy, I'm socially happy, I'm financially happy, please vote Republican Democrat. They're going to keep helping you out. That's the right vote for you. Please do that. That makes sense. Of course, if you're saying to yourself, I'm not happy, then the country's going in the wrong direction. I'm I'm unhappy either socially or unhappy. Um, um, financially, I'm, un, um, I'm not happy with my professional life. I'm not happy with what's happening in my state or my, or my town. If you're unhappy, why would you vote for them again? They have been punching you in the face for 40 years. Yeah. And all you keep doing is going, thank you, sir. May I have another? That's and what, you wonder why they keep punching you. Yeah, They're punching you because you're asking them to. That's what the whole Blexit move is about. Black people exiting the, the Democratic Party because they're like, we've been voting for you guys for 50 years. You haven't done anything. No, you've made things worse. Yeah. No, no, you've made things worse. 
if you look and look, I'm black. My father was black. My last name is Sharp. That that's people look. Many people who have who have last names, and if if you're black, you understand this, right? If you're, say, from Italian descent and you have a name that has an I at the end of, of your name, right? Right? Like, That's uh, me. Uh, yes, exactly. There we go. Yes. So you can now take that name and say, what does that name mean? Where does the family come from? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, good. That's very common for Americans. What if you're black? You're on, on your father's side, at least. I am. My last name is Sharp. That's the name of people who owned my ancestors. That's what I have. Yep. The name of people who owned my ancestors. There's, there's no actual meaning for that name for me, right? No. That's just people. That's just people who own me. That's why Malcolm X had X sure. as his name. That's the whole reason for that, right? Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, as we as, as we're moving forward, what has made this better? Democrats. Doesn't seem we so. we 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 we, uh, we as Black Americans, right? And I use the word Black, and I'm going to use African American. I'm sorry, I'm too old. So I still say black Americans. So um, we as black Americans, as we move forward from the 1870s until the 1970s, every single way you could measure the black family was going up. Every single way you could measure education, income, um, uh, uh, children out of wedlock, any way you think is important to measure success. You pick the the methodology, it doesn't matter, it was going up. 1970s, flat and down. Yep. That's what happened. What changed? Two things changed. Only two things. Um, Civil Rights Act was, was, was put into place. What did that do? That codified what was already happening. Government got involved. The second government got involved, things got worse. And the second thing, because so many people, America wasn't ready for this, what did Nixon do? War on drugs. War on drugs was made to That's put down line. Hispanics and Blacks. That's the one. His back and back. Yes. Our, our, War on uh, drugs destroyed American fam- black families more than anything else this country has ever done, with the exception of slavery. Right? If no you question. look at even, even the apartheid that we had in the South for about 100 years, that was better than the war on drugs, as bad as that was for the black family. Because the black family could escape it if they wanted to. They could go in it. It was flight. It went to Detroit, New York City. The black family could could leave. My family did it. My family's originally from South Carolina. They left and then went to uh, Massachusetts. So you could you could at least get out of it, right? There was a way to escape it if you wanted to, but not just that. Even if you were in the South and you were under horrible conditions, you were still a family. Colin Powell said the best. He said, "I would rather see Amos and Andy on TV than see cops." While Amos and Andy was racist, at least it showed a black family. Cops didn't. So you'd rather see a black family because the family is what matters. The family has been destroyed by the United States government since the 70s. No doubt. Crushed, destroyed. Your mother was a victim of the war on drugs. She Um, was. Our third third host here did 10 years. He's not here today, but he did 10 years for for drugs. Yep. I've had uh, 10 spine surgeries and 20 years ago, before doctors were warning you about opiates, I got hooked on opiates. Yep. Um, So... Absolutely. The war on drugs has been a disaster for America. It's also disastrous on our civil liberties. Yes. Um, how do we, how do we how change do you, this? How, I mean, it's the pharma- we're, we got to take on the pharmaceutical industry, right? That's, that's, that's who doesn't want marijuana legalized. You, you can't win on that one. No. You can't win on that. The way you do it is very simple. That's what I wanted to you know. Get, yep. Uh, you, 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 you're not going to beat the pharmaceutical industry. 
It's not going to. No. Um, there are two things that, that, that hurt us. One is the FDA. Remember something. The FDA is a monopoly. That's a problem. I'm not saying we shouldn't have an FDA. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, why is it the only way a drug can come to market is through the FDA? The FDA can exist. It's one way of getting your drug approved. Why can't we have multiple ways? Why can't we also have things like consumer reports? Why can't we have other things like independent laboratories? Why can't we have multiple ways? But Larry, that will never work. It does work already. It's called a health food store. You go to a health food store, a nutrition store, whatever those stores are called in California, right? One of those stores where they have all those supplements in there and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? The vast majority of those products are not regulated by the FDA. Vast majority. In some cases, all of them, right? But they're independent research and you trust the brand or you don't, right? All those things, right? Where are all the deaths from these supplements? Nowhere. The FDA has killed and maimed millions upon millions of Americans. And what's, the, and what's the recourse? Nothing. No recourse. So how do you fix the FDA? Well, the, the, uh, of course, politicians do. What do politicians do? Get money from lobbyists, pharmaceutical companies, bingo, right? Pharmaceutical companies will complain all day long about the FDA. No, they don't. They say that. They really don't. Because they make sure that there's no way a small company has any chance of getting in and fixing anything. So you're not going to beat pharma. Here's the answer. Very simple. Uh, and this is a criminal justice issue. Number one, take marijuana off schedule one tomorrow through executive order. Off schedule one. Why is it a schedule one drug? Embarrassing that it is. Can they take do that? Right away. Can they do that executive order? Who's going to stop them? I don't know. I don't Who's know if that's them? legal. Like that matters to our president? That's true. We bomb <laughs> countries without declarations of war. We just got, we declared an emergency to build a wall like that right. matters. Well, I'm not if saying it matters going, to the president. I'm saying it would be challenged in the court. Please help people. Yeah. Let that happen. If right. that actually happened, guess what? We'd be talking about it. Like we talk about the wall and bombing people in uh, Yemen. Let that happen. No, I like it. Let that come out. Just do that. Not just that. Allow the individual farmer to grow marijuana products, cannabis products on their own and regulate them. As I said, in New York, like onions, just like onions, no difference. One minor exception. You cannot onions. purchase the product unless you are 18 years or older, but let them grow. If they grow the product any way they want to grow the product, what will happen? They will by default become craft products, cannabis uh, brownies, cannabis food, cannabis drinks, cannabis so-and-so. People like you who had back pain will choose those products over opioids because now Absolutely. we know how addicted they are. Right. So when you choose those products, what will happen? You'll start using them. The pharmaceutical companies won't be make as much money, but what they do, they'll change. They'll shift. They're not going to go out of business tomorrow. They're right. multi-billion dollar companies. What they do, they'll shift. They'll change. They will change because they have to. That's what will happen. The yeah. answer is, without question, you want to fix pharmaceutical companies? You want to fix the war on drugs? Step one, no more schedule one. That'll stop putting people in jail right away. And it will allow, now will allow uh, laboratories to actually do cannabis testing. They can't now. It's against the law. They can start doing that. And third, let, I'm sorry, second piece is to let the farmers just grow whatever they want to grow, however they want to grow it. You will watch all the craft products stop popping up. You watch the pharmaceutical company see this happen and go, oops, even if we put this into court, it'll be years before we win. We have lost so many customers by then, not worth the lawsuit. Let's just get with the times. I love Much it. Much more valuable, make more sense. 
I love it. I love it. Um, now you you brought up uh, farming, so I wanted to bring up a point there. I've heard you talk. Of, let's start start with regulation. Anytime you want to okay. uh, tear down regulation, it's a very difficult process, um, and you get a lot of pushback on that because a lot of business yeah. and a lot of people benefit from some regulations, and people are also afraid sure. of taking away regulations. But I've heard you talk about yeah. I think farming laws, maybe in Montana. I don't I don't recall where if the farm is only selling products in that state, then federal mm-hmm. regulations do not apply. Is that something we it's could, Wyoming. Wyoming, okay. Is yep. that something that we yep, could expand that policy everywhere and kind of yes. wipe out federal regulations without having to do them one by one? Well, here's the issue. I'm not, there's a difference between regulations and standards. And the problem is people think, without regulations, we'll all die. And again, health food stores, where's right. all the deaths? Mm-hmm. No regulation there. Where's deaths, right? LASIK eye surgery, very little regulation there compared to um, uh, other things. Where are all the deaths there? There's no evidence of that ever. In fact, people are still dying of E. coli. Hmm. Remember from the lettuce? Yeah. And we have tons of regulation. Yeah. Regulation FDA doesn't always make us safe. That's correct, does it? Here's the issue. I don't want a monopoly. I would like multiple standards. Why can't we have multiple standards? If you if you check the bottom of probably some electronic thing you have, there may be a UL stamp on that, right? I think it's called Underwriters Laboratory. I think that's right. I think that's what the UL stands for. That's a private company that says this is valuable or not. People look for that sticker. Where are all the deaths from radios exploding, right? It, just, it doesn't happen. It's, it's a fantasy. It's a fear. What I want is let the government have their standards. And if you as a farmer or you as a product um, um, uh, a product producer want to have the government standards, follow their rules and get the government stamp, right? But let's say you decide one. You decide you want one, right? Okay, you decide you want one. You have your own standard. Boom, that's your standard. And maybe someone as a consumer wants two, three, four stamps. Maybe I want one stamp. Maybe I don't care, right? The consumers will decide what makes the most sense. Here's the problem. When do regulations change? Only when corporate lobbyists change them. Yeah. When do standards change? When the industry changes, when new data comes out, when new technology comes out. Standards change all the time. Regulations don't. I want multiple standards. Doesn't mean there's no one. Everyone's watching, right? When you have multiple standards, everyone's watching. When you have one FDA, only the FDA is watching. And everyone always thinks, well, it was the FDA, so I assumed it was good. And all of a sudden, now you got a, a, a bad hip emplacement or you got a, a bad you know, nose job or something, and the FDA wasn't there. Why? Right. Because we, we assumed that the all-knowing eye was taking care of it. So to your point, I would love it that if you are within a state, just within a state, and you only sell within a state, why does the federal government have any power over you whatsoever? Right? The federal government has power because of the Commerce Clause. The Commerce Clause says if it crosses state lines, then the federal government should step in. I get that. That makes sense. You have to have some kind of judge when you're doing multiple states. I get that. But if I'm a farmer and I'm selling my local farmer's market and I'm only selling within my state, why is the federal government involved? As long as I am open and transparent and I let everyone know who walks in with a big sign, not following federal regulations. If you care about that, don't buy from the farm stand. If you don't care about that, buy from the farm stand. It's okay. But here's the worst part. What if I grow uh, tomatoes in my backyard? What if I grow carrots in my backyard? Can I eat them? Of course I can. 
What about if I want to invite you over? Come on over, have some stew. And I've got those tomatoes and those carrots in my stew and you eat them. Is that legal? Of course it is. So what's the problem? Why? Because I happen to put a farm stand out front and sell those carrots for 10 cents. Am I all of a sudden now going to go to jail? What's the difference? There is none. The difference is I want my cut. I'm going to put you in jail. Right. That's the difference. So I could say so my point these being, carrots are dad approved. And if you trust the dad, you buy my carrots. If you don't, that's correct. then you look for another stamp from Larry Sharp's stamped carrots. And here's what will happen. If people start caring about what dad does and start trusting you, more people will come to you for your approval. I'll, if no one cares about Larry, but they care about dad, I'm going to come to you and I'm say, hey, I got carrots. Dad, will you stamp the approval on, on, on my carrots? You'll say, yeah, it's a rotation. So if you abide by these things and let me inspect your carrots, I will. If you don't, I won't. How do I know, how do I know that will happen? It's already happening. For those of you who are, who are Jewish and, you, and have kosher household, I live in New York kosher, City, yeah. very heavy Jewish population here, right? Kosher. Kosher is not legal. There's no FDA kosher thing, right? There are two or three different organizations that stamp things kosher, right? The most popular one I know is the U. I think it's called the Orthodox Union, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's very common here. And people who care about kosher products will look for that U. People go for that U. They pay for that U. Again, government did do it because if you care about a kosher household, you go there. There are those things for halal, whatever is important to you, you find those things. So if people trust you because you're the authority, I'm going to come to you and say, dad, no one cares about my Larry stamp. They care about your stamp. And then you will begin to create your own standards and people care about that. And that's a good thing because they might care about your standards plus the FDA or only the FDA or only yours. We let the consumers decide. Now, what happens if everyone goes by your stamp and people start dying from your carrots? What starts happening? My stamp. They don't care about your stamp anymore. Yeah, that's correct. But what happens when the FDA kills people? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. One, there is monopoly. There is no recourse. People just have a tendency, for whatever reason, to trust the government more than private, the private sector. Not sure why that is, but it is. Now, when libertarians throw out the idea that government's bad and the free market can do things better, one thing that people who love government love to throw out is the interstate highway system. Now, you have an idea mm-hmm. when you're running for governor about bridges that I thought was like revolutionary. Yeah. It's selling the naming rights of bridges to companies in exchange for them to keep them up. Could this not, could this idea not apply to the interstate highway system as well? hundred percent. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. And here's the issue. The interstate highway uh, situation was great and a good success for the federal government. Just because the federal government did something great, it doesn't mean I won't accept that. That was great. I'm glad they did that. Right. Good thing. I'm not against everything the federal government's ever done. No. That's awesome. I'm glad I did it. It doesn't mean that they have to keep doing or should keep doing it. Doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that now there isn't a better way, right? There could be a better way. Here's the issue. If you live in a city like I do, infrastructure is a disaster. It's a disaster. We need billions upon billions of dollars to fix it. What are we doing? We're doing things like taxing the poor and the middle class to make things worse, right? We're doing congestion pricing or raising the pricing on our local subways, which again, the wealthy in this city don't pay for. The wealthy in, in New York City already live in Manhattan. They don't pay to cross bridges, right? So raising tolls doesn't do anything for them. The wealthy in Manhattan don't take taxis. They have drivers. So not required again, right? This, yeah. this only affects the middle class and the poor. It's basically and the a poor drivers. tax. Yep. That's correct. 
right? That's all it is. And making things worse for New Yorkers. In New York State, we're losing over 100,000 people every year leaving our state. Tons, just leaving in droves. They can't survive here anymore. So now what are we going to do? Oh, we'll raise more money. How? L- using law enforcement as a profit center. Here's the right answer. All right. In New York City, this, this go across any place, but in New York City, we have over a dozen bridges and tunnels, right? Over a dozen. Right now, they're named after people like RFK or something like that, right? Name for that kind of person. How about instead, we lease out naming rights. We don't sell the bridge. We own, We paid for the infrastructure. We paid for the asset. We keep it. We think, so now it's not the RFK bridge. It's the Verizon bridge, the Apple bridge, the McDonald's bridge, the, I don't care, the Pepsi bridge, whatever it is. They pay to keep the naming rights on that bridge. Well, why, why would they? They pay $20 million a year for a stadium that's used on the weekends. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. So instead, you pay, you pay $50 million for a bridge that's crossed by a million cars every day and is mentioned hundreds of times on the radio during every traffic report to hundreds of times every day in a 16 million metro person area. You're not going to pay for that? Yes, you will. These are companies that pay billions, with a B, billions of dollars every year in marketing. They'll happily do that. Here's the rule. You pay for that and you have to have maintenance. You pay for maintenance on it too. Well, Larry, they, they, they will pay maintenance because they're responsible. Sign a contract saying they're not responsible if someone dies. The, the state still owns the property, right? But instead, they're responsible for doing the maintenance that we've agreed upon. They do the maintenance. Right now, across the country, bridges collapse. Right now, tunnels collapse. All across the country now. But what would happen if now, say, Pepsi owns this bridge, owns the name rights for the bridge? The bridge goes from a B to a C. We say fix the bridge. They say we're not going to. Good. Lose the contract. You gave us all the money. Bye. No more Pepsi bridge. Give it to someone else. And if there's the Pepsi, recourse. If the Pepsi bridge collapses, that's not good for Pepsi. That's horrible for Pepsi. They're finished. Yeah. Yes, it's terrible for them. Even, even if the city still takes the brunt for any lawsuits, even if that happens, it wouldn't happen. Why? Because once it got bad, someone else would have to take over it, and part of it would be to fix the bridge. Oh, they don't get it. We'd actually have safer bridges. We'd have more people, uh, more money coming in to fix the bridge on top of it to fix other things, and no need for tolls. Across a bridge in New York City, there are some bridges that cost you $13 to cross one way. Jeez. Yes. It is insane how much it costs to cross bridges in the city. Yes. People do that every day. They cross both ways every day. So the problem is that you have people who literally are abandoning their cars before the bridge, jumping multiple people in cars to cross over to pay one toll. That's happening now. This is terrible. End the situation. But it can go and go further than that. How about interstates? We already have uh, adopt the highway plans where the person puts their name on the on the adopt the highway and they do the cleaning, the maintenance on the highway, the cleaning maintenance. Why can't we go with that further? All the signs that I put up, the state page for the signs, the speed limit sign, the so-and-so sign, right? The exit this way sign. No worries. Brand them all. Brand them. It's the McDonald's signs. They put little McDonald's on every one of them. Or Burger King, every one. I don't care what you want on every one of them. They pay for it. We don't. We save taxpayer money, nicer signs. Signs are upkept. Okay, not just signs. How about the actual road itself? No worries. We have a, a thing. I believe it's I-81, I think it is here up in, in New York uh, State, which is busted up badly. People ask me, Larry, how are you going to pay for that? I said, I'm not. They said, what? Not. Here's what I'm going to do. Google Road. We're going to ask Google or whoever is doing a cool thing or Tesla or whatever the case may be. They can have their own cool road, right? Um, there's a new, the, the, the uh, didn't, didn't Elon Musk have this idea for this special magnet road or whatever, right? Yeah. They're going to put a road up. 
They can put that road right next to our road. And the rental cost for that road is maintenance on the interstate. Keep that road. Do whatever you want with it. Now we have two roads. We've got the interstate plus the cool magnetic road that might have a a driverless bus on it or might have uh, transportation hubs for uh, cargo. I don't know. I don't care. Not my issue. My issue is now we've got two options and the and taxpayer is not paying for it. If the Google road works very well, you might take the Google road. It might make the interstate obsolete and it might not. But either way, now we have two choices. You like the Google road, take it. You like the interstate, take it. It's up to you. I provided more choice from the individual consumer out there, the individual citizen. They've paid no extra taxes and I've spurred innovation. Why wouldn't I do this? This can work all over the place everywhere again and again and again. Yeah. I don't know how that was not a winning idea in New York. That blows my mind. I would think everybody in New York would love that idea. What's not to like about it? What happened was they they used fear. What they said was, Larry does, they they said, Larry Sharp's a bad guy. He wants to destroy people and kill people and stuff. That's what they said. (laughs) People got afraid and people went back and voted their old ways. So yes, look, this, this is a movement and this will take lots of time. That's why I'm still doing this, right? Most politicians, they run for office and go away. I lost and they go away. I knew that even if I'd won, this would take years to, to, to fix. Even if I'd won, I, I realized I probably wouldn't win. Obviously, I probably wouldn't win. I didn't. But now I have to keep going because now people like you know who I am. Your audience hears my ideas and we keep going, right? We just keep going. Eventually, one or two things is going to happen. We're going to fracture ourselves so much that we go into some type of civil disobedience, which will be a disaster, or we find a third way. I'm hoping we find a third way. I'm trying to provide third way to the best of my ability. If more people hear it, they'll go. The odds of me winning governor may be one day possible, but even if I do or don't, doesn't matter. The point is, do I then motivate someone else to make that happen? I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Speaking of, of running for governor, you said that to, to run for office, you either need to be rich or you need to be part of the establishment. You said that you're yes. neither. So I would guess that yes. you know the, it was a personal sacrifice for you. You, you lost a lot of income because yes. you had to stop you yes. know, running, running your business and not. I, feel, I went a year and a half with no income. Yeah, that I mean, thank you for your service. I guess is the right thing to say there. Um, I uh, <laughs> I strongly support um, HR one. I don't know if you're familiar with it because it takes it takes uh, it changes campaign finance reform. However, I I, I, I don't bet, know what HR one is. Okay, it's basically getting rid of private money for running campaigns so that a regular guy like you or I can compete. And if you can convince enough people, people will hand out vouchers to you, government vouchers. So this is why I think you won't like it, but you get government vouchers. So if I, if I want to support you, I give you my four government vouchers and those are worth money and you build your campaign around that and no private money is allowed to enter into the race. How do you feel about something like that? My worry is the more detailed you make it, which is what they always do, mm-hmm. the more, the, more the, the little guy gets hammered. The more the big guy finds the lawsuit finds the lawyers, finds the way getting around it. That's happened in every single campaign financial reform rule ever put together, right? They've been doing campaign financial reform for a hundred years more. And as they keep doing it, what happens? The, the heavy hitters find ways around it. They have lawyers. You want, you want people to join? I'm going to give you the best example I can give you. A uh, guy, Alex Merced, uh, gave this idea to me a long time ago, three years ago, a long time, three years ago. And now I always use it. It's the idea between Uno and Dungeons and Dragons. 
I happen to like both games, right? I like Uno. I like Dungeons and Dragons. But Uno is a very tell simple. People that out loud. I know. I'm a geek. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yes. So um, so Uno is a very simple game, right? Everyone gets it. If I if I walked into a, a bar or a club or or any organization with a with a pack of Uno cards and hey guys, want to play some Uno? I could probably find a couple guys who would sit down and play Uno with me. I probably could. It's a simple game. Everyone gets it. If you don't know it, easy to, to tell you. Hey, it's a red two. Put down either a red. Or a two. Let's go. Let's play. Life is good. All good. More people play it. Not just that. Do we need a referee? You don't need a referee for this, right? I look at it. It's a red two. You put down a green seven. You're cheating. Stop. Everyone knows it. You don't do it. Thunder Dragons. Very detailed game. Got to know lots of books. Got to know lots of stuff. I walk into a bar or a club or a social thing with a bunch of books. Who wants to play Thunder Dragons? I probably can't get people to play. Going to be tough. Not just that. Who knows who's cheating? I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe not. In fact, if you're the dungeon master, you got the stuff covering. No one can see what you're doing. You have to know all the rules, the referee. It's a big fight. It's a bad thing. The more details you make, the more only the elite will play. The more things will be hidden. The more people will cheat. The simpler you make the game, the more people will join the game. The less required referees, the less people will cheat because you can see the cheating. If you really want to make campaign financial reform actually work, here's the actual rule. Three things you got to do, only three. Number one, the idea that corporations of people have to go away. That it has to go away. Corporations are not people. Glad you said that. As people should go away. It's it's embarrassing. And I said, it's embarrassing that we as, as a nation have said that corporations, ones and zeros in a computer or numbers on a page are human beings. Shame on us for that. That is horribly, embarrassingly bad. They're not people. And yeah. therefore do not have First Amendment rights. Period. Talk about identity politics. That exist. one's ridiculous. Horribly bad. Mm-hmm. Should not exist. No entity, no committee, no, no uh, LLC, no corp, nothing. They're not people. They should not be people. They're physically not people. Anyone can see that. Look at that. It's not true. That has to go away. That's, a, that's hard in itself. But that's step one. Step two, let anyone give any amount of money they want to give as long as it is 100% transparent. You should wear your donors on your sleeve like a NASCAR driver. Hmm. You do that, it will change everything. Why? Are there rich people who want one guy to, to, to win? Yes. And that one guy will be able to get a bunch of money. Right now, I have guys right now, I live in New York City, who want to give me money but can't because they're financial advisors. And there's a law now that says you can't do that because whatever. What's the is that? So now they lose their First Amendment rights, but a corporation gets the First Amendment rights? What are we, insane? Little bit. You do that. Imagine for a second, if you could take any amount of money you wanted from anybody, just imagine that for a moment. You wouldn't be worried about is it legal or not? You'd be worried about is it ethical or not? You'd be worried about does it hurt me or not? Right now, what happens is they come up with super PACs, super PACs get a bunch of money from anybody they want, and then give money to other people or do attack ads. We have no idea who this is. It's completely anonymous. So literally, they'll make a name like, the People for Loving Puppies. That'll be the name of the committee. <laughs> and, oh, sounds awesome. It's the People for Loving Puppies. What a great committee. And then it's about attack ad, attack ad, attack ad. And meanwhile, right? they're for killing puppies. Meanwhile, they're actually trying to get you to kill puppies. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's now. 
But imagine if it, if you did a if you did a uh, an ad that said you should kill puppies, and it literally said paid for by John Smith of Sacramento, California. Holy crap, John Smith's an ass, right? Now all of a sudden we know this. Right, this guy wants to kill puppies. What are you doing, right? So or now the the, the people of Exxon want to give money to somebody, right? If you're someone who says you're green and you hate Exxon, if you if you talk that trash, you can't take money from a pack that says the ethical treatment of puppies, which is just Exxon. You have to take money from the actual CEO or board member of Exxon, which everyone would know. Yeah. And you would then decide, does that make sense or not? If you don't care and you like Exxon, take the money. Who cares? You like Exxon, do it. If you don't like it, bit of change. You really want to change it. It's not more laws. It's not making it harder. Here's again. So what's, we your, had what's tons your third? You said three. That was two. What's the third one? Oh, one, <laughs> two. Was there a third one? Hold on. You said three no, wearing wear a sleep. Yes, wearing a sleep. Let let right. I'm sorry. Yes, three things. Right. Yes, one is um uh uh and uh, and that uh that end corporations of people. Se- uh, second is a lot of people give whatever they want to give. Third is 100 transparent. Wearing a sleep. Got it. Wear it on the sleep. You have, you have to wear to sleep. People say, but Larry, why should I let people know who I'm giving money to? Because you're putting money, in this case, into the public domain. Absolutely. You're writing a check to somebody who's going to affect everybody else around you. If you don't want people to know you're giving money, don't give money. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The simple is usually better. And, and it's like yesterday, I was yeah. watching the news and the news, or a couple of days ago, and the new spending bill uh, was on the table. And I look at this thing and it's like, I don't know, it looked like it was a thousand pages. Now I'm a big reader. Yep. I could not read a thousand page bill. There's no way I'm making it through that. So you know Correct. that's 98% pork. So simple. Correct. That that bill should be three pages long. That's how all bills should be. Yes. Then we know what's well, in funny, them. That, that what Herman Cain came up with that idea, three page, the three oh, page he? bill, right? He did. He know that. But now, now I don't know if it's three pages, but it, not a thousand. Do you want to? It shouldn't be a thousand. I actually don't have a problem with the concept. I don't know what the number would be of saying bills must only be X. I don't have a problem with that. I also have a problem with the idea of uh, of no writers. You cannot write on a bill. That anywhere must be a rewritten bill or a separate bill mm-hmm. because writers make the bill useless. You do it all the time, right? Writers writers are pork. So yeah. I go to you and I go, hey, here's this cool bill on how to make schools better, whatever we think we're going to do, right? And you go, great, Larry, I will still vote for that. If yeah. only you could throw me a couple yeah. million dollars for farmers. That's a Fine. separate bill. Couple make that a separate bill. Make it a separate bill, Yeah. right? If you think farmers need money for whatever reason, make that a separate bill. We'll vote on that separately, right? That's what it should be. It isn't. You get rid of writers. That would, again, simple. The simpler you make things, the fairer they are almost always. Now, look at this uh, as a sales rep. I used to be a sales rep many years ago, and I also help people create up sales plans. Um, when you're a sales rep, you would rather have a simple plan than a confusing plan, even if you think the simple plan isn't as fair, because at least you understand it, you can calculate it, you know how much money you're going to be making. It feels better because you understand it. If it's detailed and, and screwy, people get mad. They always assume they're getting screwed over. They assume something's going wrong. It, it casts doubt on things. People walk away from those jobs. And the next thing is, you have a thousand page bill. What was the intent of the bill? No one cares. They just look at what was written. If it's a mistake, they don't care. It was written. And lawyers will go in and twist whatever they can 
to say whatever they want to say it and it'll go to court and it'll be completely turned around and be wrong. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. How about a bill with a lot of intent up front and then a short bill? And we know what the intent is, right? Otherwise, we find bills that, you know, this happened with the ADA, right? The ADA, the Americans Disability Act. All of a sudden, people who have drug problems are getting checks to buy drugs. Think about that. Bad They're getting there. checks to, to buy illegal drugs. The government's paying people to buy illegal drugs. Was that the goal of the ADA? Of course not. The goal was to help out people who are disabled. That was the goal. That didn't work out very well in that regard, did it? No. No. Yeah. So that happens all the time. I don't want it to be the case. I want a bill to do what it's supposed to do, what its intent was, not what winds up happening and people start saying, well, how can I make sure we have more of a giveaway to the people that I want to give money to so I can retain power? Happens all the time. Okay, so HR one is a no for you, but you have an alternative. I, I at least like that because a lot of times people just they they criticize with no alternative solution. Uh, on everything I brought up, you've offered a, an alternative solution that seems viable. Now, Absolutely. I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. You're a businessman. Um, yep. I used to be very pro regulation before I was a businessman because I thought regulations were to protect the consumer. Now as a businessman, I've learned it doesn't really protect the consumer. And what it does is it makes it very hard for the small business to survive. Correct. The large business, the corporation, they can deal with whatever, whatever the regulation is. They can work around it. They can afford it. Yeah. They write them. They write them. Um, You've said you want to get rid of um, a lot of regulations. You want safety regulations, not ones that are oversight. What's the difference between a safety regulation versus an oversight regulation? Yes, to the issues. What I want is standards. Here's a difference. A regulation says, if you don't follow what I say, you may not act and or I will put you in jail. A standard says, if you don't do what I agree, you don't, you don't get my stamp. Good luck. I'm not against standards. Standards are a very good thing and should exist. I also want multiple standards. I talked about this earlier. It's not that I don't, Oversight says, I'm going to overlook you, and if you don't do this or that, you go to jail. They have situations right now in New York City, and they probably have in California too, to where when the health inspector comes in, the people in the, in the, uh, in the kitchen throw the food in the garbage. Throw all the garbage. Because it's cheaper to rebuy the food than to pay all the fines. Because there'll be a fine, Man. for example, and it's the type of thing there is, you have to have your meat when it's out of the refrigerator at 40 degrees or lower. How the hell can you make sure it's at 40 degrees or lower? So when the inspector comes in and says, wait, let me now check this. It's 41 degrees. Well, they have 14 hamburgers. That's 100 bucks per hamburger. That's 1,400 bucks for hamburgers. You got to pay a fee. I'll throw the hamburgers in the garbage. I'm not paying that. I'm out of business. I'm out of business. Not going to happen, right? What even, what even is now, the purpose of a law like that? To make sure you don't poison people. I have an idea. Don't poison people. Right. That should be the law. Don't poison people. Why in the world would you have to say rules be each hamburger must be X degrees? Why? And then who decides the degrees? And what if they're wrong? And when will that relation change? And here's the worst part. It also encourages, it encourages tremendously corruption. Because if I'm a business owner and I get that $1,400 and then the other one is $2,000, and I have 300 bucks in cash right now. I can just give that guy 300 bucks in cash, tell him to go away. You didn't find anything. 
Yeah. He takes 300 bucks and goes away. People do it all the time. That's the norm in most cities with heavy regulation. Well, we're safer. People still die of E. coli, but now all the all these vendors get bribed. So yep. what have you done? Nothing. But if you had standards, these vendors will come in and say, here are the standards I expect. If you don't have them, you get graded. D or F, you did not match the standards because you didn't match. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's it. The difference is not that someone doesn't come in and check or see or whatever. The difference is, are you fined and shut down or not? That's the issue. And, but then Larry, they'll start killing people. Here's the problem. And this is the people don't get. Regulations actually take responsibility away from the individual. And that's the why companies like it. What, what happens when a company kills a bunch of people? Where do they always go? We did nothing illegal. We followed all the rules. Therefore, they're just, even though people died. So the people dying is nothing. The so the point standard, is, standard should be don't kill people. Then, then they're held accountable. This, it should be standard so that they are held accountable. If it's regulation, all the company has to do is follow the regulations. Whether people are hurt or killed is irrelevant because now the crime is not against the individual. The crime is against the state. I don't want the crime to be against the state. The crime is the people you hurt. If you hurt them, here's what happens now. They follow regulations. So they follow regulations. They always admit to this, but admit no wrongdoing, right? They give money and admit no wrongdoing. Who makes all the money? The government gets their cut. What about the victims? The government gets paid. They pay a fine. To who? The victims? No, to the government. It's in the government's best interest for you to screw up so they can raise revenues. Mm-hmm. So they go to you and go, you screwed up. You're right. We, we, we're we going to pay somebody. We're going to pay you X million dollars, which if I'm a big company is nothing. If I'm a small company, I'm out of business. If I'm a big company, whatevs, and I will admit no wrongdoing. Why? Because I follow regulations even though people died. What if the people who got hurt? What happens to them? They get a class action lawsuit that maybe gets resolved in 15 years, and they get $4.95. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. Yeah. Who made all the money? Big law firms yeah. and government made all the money. Yep. Regulation ensures the little guy dies. It encourages, uh, um, it encourages uh, corruption and big business gets away with murder. Literally, because we're murder. Big companies make money. Big lawyers make money and government makes money. But if instead, imagine, instead of having one rule, yet three or four companies that will go around inspecting, if you want to let them inspect, you don't have to. You can say, I don't want your inspection. Great. You don't get our stamp. You get an F from us. If I don't care about your stamp, then I have, what about three, four Fs? People might go, I don't want to go into this guy's restaurant. He's got, a, he's got an F from the, from the dad. He's got an F from the FDA. He's got an F from the Larry Sharp group. It's three Fs. I'm not going in. That guy goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, dad, I was kidding. Come on in, man. Well, I was kidding. Come on in. And now you come in and inspect. Now I come in and inspect. But what if we're corrupt? What if when you come to inspect, he goes, hey, dad, it's 500 bucks. You, and you say yes. And he goes, Larry, you found a bucks. I say, yeah, take the money. And now someone dies. What happens? We're in trouble. That's right. But if the Our government does and someone dies, no one's in trouble. Right. No one's right. in trouble. Move on. In yeah. fact, if the government does and someone dies, the government gets a check from that company. Yeah. So the government good for makes them. money it's good when for someone them. dies. It's good for them. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, everything you're saying makes sense. I like it. Now, now one area people are really going to struggle with wrapping their head around this kind of thing is what about, you know, I have kids, you have kids, we worry about the environment. What about the environment yeah. when you strip away regulations? What happens there? 
Yes. No, no, exactly the same. Regulations actually make things worse. And let me tell you why. Same concept. I'll tell you about New York State. I'm assuming it's the same in California. In New York State, there are several areas that have been destroyed environmentally and just sit there. Nothing happens. No one cleans it up. No one fixes it. Just sits there. Horribly. People get hurt. Nothing. No recourse. Why no recourse? The EPA is a monopoly. I can't keep, I cannot, I cannot stress enough. Monopoly's bad. Government monopoly, no better. Monopoly's bad. Here's how the EPA works. The EPA regulations change when corporate lobbyists change them, which means there are rules from the 80s and 90s in the EPA right now on how you clean things up. This is a fact. You can do your own homework if you think I'm making this up, which means that some of the technology to clean these things up, we don't even have anymore. If you wanted to clean up a site to follow EPA rules, you'd have to literally like go to some uh, undeveloped country in Africa or Asia, grab some warlord and say, hey, remember that stuff we sold you in the 90s? Can we have that back? Buy that, that material or that those things, bring that stuff back here and then fix and repair this. That's never going to happen. It's too expensive and possible so no one does it. Not just that. The EPA says to the rules that when you make a horrible um, situation in some, uh, some uh, area, the company is responsible for X dollars. I forgot what that number is. For the sake of arguing, I'm going to say 5 billion. I don't remember what the number is, but whatever that number is. After that, the super fund picks it up. Well, who pays in the super fund? Big companies pay a percentage into the super fund. Well, guess what? The super fund's empty. So there's no money mm-hmm. to fix all these places. Not enough money. So it's get fixed. No one's responsible because the EPA protects them. It can't be done with any decent money because the rules and relations are so old. And there's enough money in the super fund. So what do you have? A bunch of horrible sites sitting all around the country aren't getting fixed. But imagine this instead. Instead of having the EPA decide, instead, uh, we're going to hear multiple standards. What if you had a county standard? The county says, if you want to build something in my county, you must have this insurance, these rules, these guidelines. The insurance company now knows that if something goes wrong, they are 100% responsible. They must clean it up. They have to clean it up. They have to pay for it. The insurance company would do what? Create its own standards. Because they don't want to have to pay. Their actuaries will get on board. They will see whatever is the newest, best way of cleaning things up. That will be part of the insurance company. They will have their own standards. Not just that. The company itself is going to be responsible. So the industry will create its own standards. You have government standards, insurance company standards, and industry standards all competing on this. And when something goes wrong, the EPA doesn't step in and go, let me protect you with a super fund. The EPA goes, you screwed up. Guess you're paying. Yeah. But it's the best part. What I, what I proposed in New York State specifically for this was to create an, a, an environmental protections unit, right? The, um, <clears throat> sorry, um, environmental victims unit, sorry, uh, the EVU, Environmental Victims Union. Here's the problem. The DA of most states, right, the, or the, the attorney general of most states, they don't know how to actually prosecute this stuff. It's not their, it's not their forte. They have no idea how to prosecute that. But when it comes to environmental regulations, it's very often okay and possible to pierce the corporate veil and to put the individuals that are responsible on trial. That happens often environmental. You have an environmental victims unit at every state level. Their job is to set the court up, the, the, the stage, to punish the individual so they can't hide behind the corporate veil. Once they know that, that stops. Yeah. Once I know that I can't just go, you know what? Right, right now you hear, oh, Exxon's bad. What's Exxon? Exxon's nothing. Who even knows who the CEO of Exxon is? No one listening to me knows who that guy is. No one knows who's on the board. 
No one, no one listening to this show knows who's on the board of Exxon. So who cares? But what if it was John Smith or Jane Doe? She's the one who has to be on trial. That happens, they stop screwing around. Once you have the individual responsibility, they might go to jail for murder. They might go to jail for maiming kids. All changes. I, if you think punishment is the only answer, you're wrong. You want to change the environment, which means everyone around doesn't just go, the government's responsible, they'll, they'll pay a fine. We actually are fooled. We feel good. Exxon paid $10 million fine, and we feel good about that. We're idiots who feel good about that. Yeah. It's nothing for them, and no one was punished, and they learned nothing. They but if all again. of a sudden the insurance – yes, but what if the insurance company will say, Exxon, I'm not going to insure you anymore. If you can't get insured, you can't build oil rigs. You're out of business. Yeah. They'll start caring. They would. Or the guy or gal who made the decision who said, yeah, who cares? Let's just use the cheapest oil rigs. That person is going to jail. They would the next care. guy starts thinking twice. Yep, absolutely. That will change the environment. More regulations simply means that the, the organizations who run it, the actual industry will write the regulations away and protect yeah. themselves. Yeah, I, I, I love that answer. You, um, you're not self-righteous. You just provide like some logical answers to some problems we have a lot of people um when they want to take on this that conversation that topic they just say well climate change isn't real and that that's just i'm not saying that no you're not saying that at all and that but i'm saying that's what a lot of people do say and it gets an immediate negative reaction you just gave a logical way to deal with the problem that might be better likely seems better um, and even if I'm wrong, at least I'm having a conversation, right? If you can sure. poke holes in the argument, I'm happy because my goal isn't to say climate change exists or isn't. My goal is to have a safer environment for my family and kids. Absolutely. That's my goal. That's what everyone the EPA is, yeah. doesn't work and saying no climate change doesn't work. I'm sure the two options we have now don't work nope. that I'm sure of. That's true. I want to figure out what the right answer is. So if you show me a better answer, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. All right, Larry, um, I know you're busy. You do a lot of these. We're, we're going to wrap it up. It's been about 90 okay. minutes. I feel like I could talk to you for like another hour. You're fascinating. Um, I just want to know, like the, the Libertarian Party hasn't had a viable candidate since yep. Ron Paul, and they kind of went out and did their thing and destroyed him. Um, I'm ready to get out there and pound the pavement, pavement for you, and I'm sure I could get the dad heads on board. Is there any chance you throw your hat in the ring for 2020? Or have you considered that at all? Odds are very, very, very low. I'm going to tell you no. And the reason is not because I wouldn't want to. I would love to. But I'm a dad too, just like everybody else listening here. I took a year and a half out of my life. I lost a year and a half of income. So I have to rebuild my finances. And I was away from my family for a year and a half. I need to, I need to be a dad for a bit, right? Yeah. I need to re, 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 get, get my income back, right? So um, odds are no. I mean, a, a miracle would have to happen for that, for that to happen. I, 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 please don't bet on that. So you're I'm looking for doing this just to raise the consciousness and, and bring these ideas out to everybody. That's your I, motivation. I, I was on Joe Rogan. If you saw the Joe Rogan interview I did. Sure. Right. At the end, Joe Rogan said to me, Larry, these ideas are amazing. You better, better lock these ideas down. I said, why? People will steal them. I said, good, steal them. That's the point. Right. That's why I'm doing it. Guys, if, if you're listening and you care, go to LarrySharp.com, click on policy. All my policies are still there. I didn't take them down. Take them. Run for office and steal them. Please, my goal is the end run, which is the end goal of a better society, better Americans, a better America, a better place for my kids. 
right? I got two kids. I want to be better. Right now, this country's in trouble. You ask anyone, they say that. But their answer is always the same thing. Get mad at the other guys. The other guy's fault. I have an idea. Look in the mirror. How about that? Look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to make things better? Whatever that is. And some people can't do much. Some people can do a whole lot. Doesn't matter. You can do something. We got you a whole we got a whole lot of finger pointers and not a many mirror gazers. That's for sure. You brought up um, race. And I want to bring this piece up because it's the most divisive one that we often have. Two parts. Number one. Um, when there was the, the first uh, Charlottesville um, a rally and the neo-Nazis were there and, right, the, the all horrible, that terrible, that mm. woman died. It was terrible, horrible. Yes. The governor of, of Virginia said, my answer to you Nazis is go home. How stupid is that? People got behind him. Yeah, go home, Nazis. Home is your neighbor. These aren't Russian communists or German Nazis. These are Americans. Tell them to go home means now their kids go to school with your kids. That's not a good enough answer. Go away is not a good enough answer. Don't be a Nazi. That's not a good enough answer, Mm-mm. right? People have teased me and said, Larry, you talk to anybody. Yeah, because if I can't talk to you, I can't turn you. My hero is that guy. I think his name is Daryl Davis. I'm not mistaken. He's a brother who goes around trying to convince people who are KK members, KKK members to not be them anymore. And he has their hoods as trophies. He's convinced like 20 guys who used to be KKK members to not be that. Oh, wow. And he does it by talking to them. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if we had a hundred thousand of him in our country? Be a it much would change more beautiful world. our nation in 10 years. We'd have a different nation in 10 years. You know, a lot of conservatives like me, a lot of liberals like me. I'm not a perfect conservative, as you've heard. I'm not a perfect liberal, as you've heard. I'm not a perfect either one of them, but there's a difference. I respect them both. I respect your desire and your ability and your need to be one or the other. And I'm not going to force my ways on you. So people go, you know what? Larry's not perfect in all the things I like, but he's not going to get mad at me and force me or disrespect me. He respects me for who I am. And I do. You can be conservative. You can be liberal. All good. I'm asking only one thing. I'll leave you alone. Just don't force me to be you. And we're good. Yeah, we're losing respect and the ability to just talk and communicate. There's, that there's is actually the problem. Mm-hmm. People say all the time, Larry, you know, it's left versus right. That isn't the issue. The ideology has shifted. If you look back at a, you're old enough to remember some of these guys, right? If you remember looking at a Reagan Republican versus a Bush Republican versus a Trump Republican, different Republicans. Very different. A Carter Democrat versus a Clinton Democrat versus Much Obama different. Democrat. Mm-hmm. Very different, right? You go back 10 years ago, there were Democrats who wanted a wall. Yeah, there sure were. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So policy and ideology has changed left and right over the past 40 years. What, what has gotten worse? The lack of respect. Now, when, when a conservative calls a liberal a liberal or a liberal calls a conservative conservative, that's not a moniker. That's an insult. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's an insult. And the second you say that, I was upstate New York uh, uh, running for office, obviously, and I'm talking to farmers. And there were some farmers. One farmer was a guy who was literally about ready to lose his farm. I mean, these are places where in New York State, New York State's a very old state, right? First 13. There are farmers who've had their farm for seven generations. More. So you have people who are losing their farms now. This guy was about to lose his farm. You know what his question was to me when he met me? 
We're thinking about Trump. Hmm. Why do you care? Exactly. Why do you care? Yeah. You shouldn't care whether I love Trump or I hate Trump or I don't care about Trump. You shouldn't care. Well, people ask that one question now and they base their whole opinion about you based on your answer. Yes. That's productive. Yes. And what I found is if someone was super conservative and I would say one thing that wasn't conservative, they would insult me and call me liberal and dismiss me. And if someone was super liberal and I said one thing that wasn't super liberal, they'd call me conservative and dismiss me. Yeah. And for a guy like you, who's very nuanced, that's a problem. I get, I I'm, I'm a conservative, a liberal every day. I'm both and neither every day. Mm -hmm. Yes. All the time. But that's how I know I'm winning. All right. You are winning, Larry. And um, guys, take away from this respect and uh, let's let's talk about things and let's just treat each other kindly and we can work through these problems and we don't need government to fix the world for us. We can do it. Larry, thank you so much for your time. You've, you've been incredible. You've been generous with your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'm a little sad to hear you're probably not running for office, but you're out there making change. Absolutely. Keep doing it. And I, I hope we'll talk to you again sometime. Thanks, my friend. Have a great one. All right, Larry. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. We'll be back with more on The Dad Presents after these words. Yo, B. What's happening? You, you notice how chill and sexy I'm looking right now? Uh, no comment on that. Well, you, you notice. Don't pretend you didn't notice. Mm, quite the opposite. <laughs> but what are you getting at? You want to know why I'm looking so chill and please, so sexy right now? Please stop talking and just tell me <laughs> what, what you're It's me undies. I'm feeling good. I'm wearing me undies. I feel good. And when you feel good, you look good. Are we really talking about your underwear right now? I'm talking about my underwear. I don't want to talk about your underwear. Me undies are the best underwear you can get out there. And our listeners, we got a code for you. If you want some me undies, if you want to feel fresh, if you want to look good, go to meundies.com. Use the code word friend. Buy 20 for 20% off. That's a bargain at any price. So you, you said these are the best underwear you can get? Look at me right now. I don't want to. Look at me. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Go to MeUndies. <laughs> do what he said with the code. Get them. They're great underwear. That's all I'm going to say about My it. My nuts are so tight. I, I, you took it too far. And my name is Larry. And I like a woman that loves everything and everybody. Very special, special thank because you I to our everybody. very special guest, Mr. Larry Sharp. Thank you, Larry, for joining us. Um, you can find you know what, us at facebook.com slash the dad presents and also at Twitter and Instagram at the same address. We'll be back next week. You guys take care of yourselves, take care of your kids, take care of your family. And please, please, please don't forget to rate and subscribe. It means a lot. Till next time.